and welcome to Game and Watch with Aaron and James, the show where we talk about games we've been gaming and movies and TV shows we've been watching. I'm Aaron. And I'm James. You are. Uh, and today we are talking about the Lego movie, which is the 2014 action adventure comedy directed by Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Did you find this movie funny? I found this movie funny. Yeah. Um, I found this movie much like their other films, 21 Jump Streets. Uh, I didn't see Claudia with a Chance of Meatballs, but I did see Claudia with a Chance of Meatballs too. I don't know if they directed it, but that was very good. The comedy... 21 Jump Street is, of course, very good. Yeah. Oh, very good. I also haven't seen Claudia with a Chance of Meatballs. I The reason I asked about the comedy is because I remember, and I'll just use this as a segue into my history with the movie. I remember seeing this movie in theaters the the weekend it came out, maybe probably probably the day it came out. I'm almost certain I saw it the day it came out. And I saw it in a theater. I was probably like the oldest person there who wasn't a parent. And I was just laughing the entire movie. I thought I thought everything was funny. I was just the feeling that I had watching this movie is every single thing that was happening was just blowing me away. I, and I was still recovering from like my awe um, from previous moments during other, I, I was constantly excited, constantly impressed, smiling from ear to ear, start to finish. And cause here's a unique thing about me that isn't um, true to anyone else. I love Legos. Okay. Yeah. That's <laughs> weird. I, I've never heard of anyone else liking them. Uh, no, but like, I mean, as someone who just, grew up with legos i'm sure you know like it's this was like a dream come true i was so i was not expecting this movie to be good i wasn't really expecting it to be bad either i just didn't know didn't know what to expect but i was so impressed with it and i'll talk a lot about how the things that really did impress me with this movie and i loved it i i thought it was like a perfect movie when i first saw it since then i have come down on it more i i certainly still very much like it i do not love it as much as i used to and i feel like one of the main reasons for that is i think some of this movie's charm some of its jokes and some of its like actual like more emotional charm and stuff it's it's kind of dulled but actually dulled a lot and i do not find it nearly as funny as i used to and i don't know why that is exactly maybe you become old and bitter that's true. <laughs> I have become older and more bitter, so yes. you're not wrong. Uh, um, what about you? Yeah, I saw this film in theaters as well. I saw it with a couple of friends, and I imagine we were probably also the oldest people in the theater without children. I came in expecting this movie uh, to be aimed at small children and perhaps not for an adult audience as much. Um, that's clearly not the case. I was very pleasantly surprised by that. I love the film when it first came out. I thought it was hilarious. I think Phil Lord and Chris Miller are excellent writer directors. Like they're just comedic timing is insanely precise uh, and good. And so I came off the movie feeling really, really warm on it. Uh, what's strange to me is I never wound up seeing Lego Batman, which I hear is very funny as well. I, um, and I do not like Lego Batman. Really? Uh, yeah, I, I'd love for you to watch it. Um, I'm curious because... about watching it. Yeah. And then I'd heard even good things about the Lego Ninjago movie. Uh, I heard it wasn't nearly as good as the other two, but that it was still watchable. So I, I liked it more. That's my second favorite Lego movie uh, after. I mean, I, I like it more than Lego movie part two and the Lego Batman movie. I thought okay. Ninjago was surprisingly good. 
And uh, I also haven't seen Lego Movie Two, uh, so uh, this is really the only one I've okay. seen. Okay, but I, I liked it quite a bit when it uh, when it came out, and then I rewatched it uh, twice just recently for the podcast, and uh, I still think it's funny. I I think you're right though. I think the shine wears off just a little bit, and now I can see a couple more issues with the film or suggestions that I would have made or changes I would have made now that I didn't really the first time I saw it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's interesting I, I, how quickly I turned on this movie, and that's not, that's not necessarily true. I, I remember buying it on Blu-ray when it came out, and I, I watched it a bunch more. And I, I don't think I noticed it at the time, but I probably started liking it just a little bit less each time. I was so high on it at first, but what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? I mean, do, do you like, like snapping into pieces and build something out of it, like it's like it's made of Legos? Yeah. Exactly. I had a question for you, but I'm gonna, I, I know a good time to bring it up. I'm going to save it. Perfect. Um, so this wasn't a whole lot uh, interesting with the development. There were ideas for a Lego movie that were kind of brewing in the late aughts and a script was written uh, around the same time in the late aughts. The Lego, the company, like they they were approached with the script and they kind of were like, we don't really see a need for a movie. We're, we're doing pretty well on our own. That's I mean, what the, I, the I, movies, I saw that video games were a thing at the time. I saw that and I think that's so interesting because, yeah, because one, they did have lots of video games out at the time. And two, I just love the quaint, uh, like Dutch confusion because Lego is a Dutch company, correct? Yes. Right. I just love the quaint Dutch confusion over like, you want to make a movie now? Um, and them not really being like, why is this necessary? Um, it, I think it's funny, but also I think it's ridiculous because like you said, they had uh, video games going that were highly successful so why yeah. wouldn't they want to cross over into films yeah i don't i don't really understand why i mean i think that a movie is a higher chance of being successful or maybe i'm just completely out of touch with what's what's profitable yeah i guess um tell us about <laughs> the animation um I didn't really look up any like, great details about it but I mean it's all CGI except for obviously the live action sequences and the animation rigs were kind of set to follow the same articulation limits as actual Lego figurines. One of the things that I will gush about repeatedly throughout the movie is how realistic this movie is in terms of like what when it chooses to adhere to like the physics of Legos it, it that is that's still extremely charming. Yes. And um, when I did some research, that is specifically a value they wanted to have incorporated is they wanted to make you feel like you could be doing all of those these things with the Legos with your own hands, yeah. um, which it it does give you kind of the illusion of that when you watch it. Yes. And you mentioned that Lord Miller had done Cloudy with Chance Meatballs, 21 Jump Street. They were the ones that were briefly attached to or not more than briefly. They were attached to the Han Solo movie and then they were like fired, I guess, for creative differences. I would have preferred to see their version than boring old Ron Howard's version. I understand it though, because it's been a while since I've seen 21 jump street. And I really like that film. Um, and it holds up. It holds up. Yeah. Um, but, and I saw Claudia with a chance of meatballs. You know, I, I can't really remember too much about it, but 21 jump street. Um, I know uh, the jokes come so fast and so frequent and that's how this film is. And I can understand why tonally that would be jarring uh, with the Star Wars universe, because they just they each have their own kind of rhythm and cadence to things, just like Marvel, like the MCU kind of has its own rhythm and cadence to things. And they're just so quick and so like um, I, I, it's almost like a popcorn machine. It's like pop, pop, pop with jokes. They just keep coming. 
And I feel like Star Wars doesn't really mesh very well with that. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I Maybe it's just because I don't like Ron Howard very much you you have a stated ron howard aversion he and he and uh rob reiner i'm just not i'm not on board i've never been on board Jeez, even though they you, both made movies that i like get you three in a room together what would that be like <laughs> i think i'd just be really uncomfortable and <laughs> would try to make conversation but i can't like tap into some like crazy film you know snobbery and i can't like go and gush about any of their movies even though i you know misery's great but i don't like attribute misery's greatness specifically to to rob reiner i bet he does <laughs> are you suggesting that rob reiner is just like an egotistical freak you know maybe uh maybe he speaking of freaks uh devo was a was a group of freaks right yeah, mark mothersbaugh did the uh did the score here i i actually don't think the score was really that noticeable um, no, I just noted that it noting. had it had like intensity during the action scenes, which makes sense if he's coming from Devo. But I didn't. There's nothing I could hum or remember now, really. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah nor nor would I. <laughs> if with a gun to your head, you would refuse. <laughs> yeah, I would. I should probably um, remember. Well, a lot of people like this movie. Yeah, um, much like us, the first time we saw it. I didn't realize this until I, I saw this. Um, I did not realize it was uh, it was not nom or it was not nominated for best animated feature. I thought that it was. Yeah, I mean, normally, well, I think that the Academy has found ways to screw people out of nominations in the past, and I think that because there's live action sequences that probably uh, disqualified them, but I'm not sure. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, um, yeah. For some reason, I remember it being nominated, but I guess not. That's a Mandela effect moment for me. Yeah. Um, and then there was a sequel, the Lego movie part two, which came out in 2019. Um, I have not seen it. I've heard a couple of things about it. It's fine. Um, yeah, I've heard it's fine. And I've heard also it kind of uh, picks up the cliffhanger at the end of Lego movie one. Of it. Yes, it does. Yes. yes. I would not say that movie is. I, I, I'm not going to say you're losing out by not watching it at all. Okay. So yeah, I think honestly, the next if I continue this Lego movie trend, I think I'm gonna do Ninjago next. You should, but I mean, there's a lot of Easter eggs in the Lego Batman movie, but I'll still hold my thoughts in the Lego Batman movie until we get to talking about uh, the character of Batman in this movie. Deal. Deal. Uh, so one of the things that I think that this movie does, like, I, I generally like its themes, but I think that one of its weaknesses if I can jump ahead to what doesn't work is yeah, that it. it hits you way too hard on the head with its themes. And I guess that's kind of a, I was talking to Miranda about this and I was saying like, that's, you know, she was suggesting like maybe, you know, is that something that like all kids movies do? Or we were both just like, you know, what, 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 what kids movies or what animated movies like for, for younger people don't do that. And kind of together we were like princess Mononoke. Is that a kids movie though? I, I wouldn't say that. So we didn't talk about that, but that's a that's an interesting question. I, I would say yes, it is in reputation. And by that I mean it was made by the guy who had made kids movies before, but that might have be that might be the most grown-up movie that he's made or he had made at that point. And there's enough in it that I think appeals to to kids like the wind rises i think 
has much less kid stuff in it unless you like planes a lot whereas whereas princess <laughs> mononoke at least has like forest creatures and like danger and animals and leprosy and, and leprosy kids love leprosy yeah but i mean so i'm not i'm not trying to hold this against the lego movie too much but you know we, there's themes of anti-corporations and, and greed anti-greed you know playing by the rules sucks instructions are be creative like venture out of your comfort zone share you know those are good themes i think that it's just i grown a little bit when the movie's like really hammering those home now and i maybe that's just a i'm not a kid and why i appreciate really good kids movies i still there's so many movies that are kind of geared primarily towards kids or substantially towards kids that i really like obviously but i don't know like i don't feel like aladdin doesn't hit you over the head with its themes as hard as like this movie does you can just it's very transparent it it teaches you not to run afoul of an evil vizier i which is a pretty basic rule of thumb and i have really taken that to heart and avoided a numerous (laughs) new numerous viziers yeah um i think part of the problem is this is i mean it's a product movie right it's like sure it's it's a product film and i think i think the idea of products having values is oxymoronic slightly yeah because capitalism is evil and yada 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 you know we can go on um but i think that's part of maybe why the themes don't come across super great uh i have some issues with the themes as well um that i'll save for what doesn't work but do we you already kind of talked about them already what they are yeah it'll be very clear yeah what, you know how they're represented as we go through the plot yeah do we, do we have anything else to talk about before any kind of stray thoughts before we get into the plot uh no no jumping in let's um let's actually go back though uh i didn't think to do this why don't we do our history with legos oh we interesting yeah um i didn't think about that in preparing for this, and I, I would say, uh, as long as I could form memories, Legos were part of them. I don't know Fair. when they became part of my life, but I, you know, every single, you know, like car trip I was on, anytime I'd be out with my grandma or my mom, I would try to come up with a way to get them to go to target. We weren't already going to target and was, you know, obviously looking at Legos, trying to get sets. And I usually could convince my mom, especially I can, could convince my grandma to buy a set, like a, one of the smaller sets, one of those more like $20 sets. Yep. Now they'd probably be like 50, but, and you know, they'd be at her house. And, you know, I, I just, I had so many Legos and I was a very like, let's keep everything separate kind of kid at a certain yeah, point. And then I yeah. became a let's throw it all in a box and let's just like this giant, you know, eventually as, as all households become, there's just a giant tub full of Legos because inevitably you're going to take it all apart and you're going to combine stuff. And I always wanted to devote the time into making like a giant city or a giant spaceship. And I would I would make those sorts of things. And they would break and then I'd cry and then I'd start again. And yeah, I mean, Legos. And then I kind of like fell off sort of. I mean, I've always had, um, you know, you get older and you you don't build Legos as much. But obviously there are a lot of Legos out now that are especially geared towards adults or either for a nostalgia purpose or for just, you know, more, you know, does a kid want to build a uh, skyline of London or Tokyo? 
probably not Maybe. Uh, probably but Miranda and I do <laughs> so, so you know I remember in like my early 20s I had like I bought like a Lego Minecraft set. I bought like I've got like the X Wing, you know, things like that. I've got the and then more recently, the most recent Lego I bought and built was the Super Mario sixty four question mark block, which was just a blast. But yeah, I love Legos. Um, I would assume your um history is very similar. Very similar, yeah, very similar. Um, my journey kind of went the opposite. Uh, mine began with the big blue uh, bucket of Legos that I don't know where it came from. Well, I'm the oldest and it. you're not. That was probably. Oh, I'm the youngest. Yeah. Yes, that is why. So I had the big blue bucket uh, of all the Legos mixed in and I used to love playing with it and building. Yes, kids do. Um, but I was one of those really boring kids like Emmett, who was like, hey, everyone, let's follow the instructions. Um, and I, I love to build whatever. <laughs> Whatever, like it was, you know, I love Star Wars. I loved all that stuff. So I would buy like Star Wars Lego sets and I would just build, you know, whatever was on the box. And then I appreciated that most of the sets give you alternative things to build. So I'd build those too. But I was never the kind of kid that would like on my own with a like mix of Legos make up something really cool. Um, so I am very jealous of the animators who made this movie who clearly mm-hmm. have better ideas than I did as a child. <laughs> um, but I fell off of Legos just because you get older and that's a thing you do. Um, but I've always I've never actively disliked Legos or thought I was too oh, cool yeah. for Legos. Um, but recently as I get older, uh, I think maybe it was like five years ago, I randomly got a Lego set from like Ant-Man 2 as a gift from someone. I'm sure it was a re-gift. And I wound up <laughs> spending like two hours building this like Ant-Man craft and then this other Ant-Man 2 thing. And I just had so much fun doing it. And then like yeah. deciding where to display it and putting it with a box and everything. And uh, it just made me realize like, wow, if Legos weren't insanely expensive and I had more room to display them and, you know, I could yep. do that, I definitely would. Um, it's just space and, and expense. Expenses. It's so much money. And like some of the best stuff costs so much money. I did. I even recently I purchased one of my favorite sets as a kid. I was I mean, I loved the themes as a kid. I, we won't need to go too deeply down this road because I feel like I could talk about this for a long time, but I'm like not really a fan of like the Lego themes and stuff and a lot of the the franchise stuff that they've been coming out with in recent years, even though even occasionally there's like a really great Star Wars one or Batman one or something. But give me those like mid to late 80s, early 90s space themes, medieval themes, town, pirate, like Oh, yeah. oh my God. Like uh, just incredible stuff. And I recently purchased a used well, not used. No, it was, it was still in the box, but I think the box had been, had been opened. Um, the, the Lego set pizza to go, which oh. was like my absolute favorite. And I definitely am not proud of how much money I spent on it. And, but I don't care. I haven't even built it yet. I will. Um, when I have more places to like put stuff, but Man, like I, the nostalgia is still there, and I, I, yeah, like you're, you're never too old for Legos. No, or no. maybe you don't have enough time for them. And the other thing too is Lego is such a now it it, it touches almost everything. Like you said, you can do the skylines of Tokyo, or you can do you know like a Duplo set with your one year old. Like it's it's wild the uh, variability in them. Yeah, yeah. So, yep. shall we talk about this film? Yeah. Um, yeah, let's get into it. I will stop and note though, really quickly, if you are listening to this and you're like, ah, they didn't talk about my favorite joke or my favorite moment or whatever. 
these directors, Lord and Miller, they're amazing. But like I said earlier, they're so good at packing jokes and little moments into yes. their films that they just go by so fast. So there are ones I remember, there are ones I, I'm going to mention. But if we don't, if we miss out on your favorite little moment or favorite little joke, there's just so many. Yep. Um, and a lot of them are very delightful. So we'll try and remember all the ones that we can. Like a mile a minute. These like it just are these these jokes are just so rapid fire. And I, I started writing down a couple of them and then I just stopped completely because I, yeah, there's I, just I, no I, there's no point. No. And also some of them out of context are just not as funny. Yeah. Um, there's only one joke I feel that doesn't age well. And when we get to it, I will call it out. And I oh, is it when it. Emmett makes that really, uh, they drops all those racial slurs. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know what? I was really surprised at what they could get away with in 2014, but you know what? God bless <laughs> in them. kids movies in kids movies. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, we open with, um, it's actually kind of adorable. Everything is Lego wise. So even the, the Warner brothers logo, everything is, is Lego fine, which is cool. Yep. Um, but we get a lava filled cavern. Um, it's very ominous. Um, we get this wizened wizard person named Vitruvius voiced by Morgan Freeman. Um, he warns some guards to cover their butts and that someone is coming for them. And butts is a funny word that kids laugh at. Butts and is sometimes you know adults. I chuckled at it. Of course. Right. It was of like course. the first, you know, he is coming. Cover your butts. That's yep. like the first thing that said. It's great. Yeah. Um, we get President Business and or Lord Business. I'm probably just going to call him President Business. Sure. Played by Will Ferrell enters the scene. Um, he's kind of a big blowhard Will Ferrell type character you've seen before, but uh, he's like a big robotic businessman with flames coming out of his head and these giant long robot legs. And he's very scary. Um, and he uses his team of robots to blind Vitruvius and take the Kraggle, uh, which he says is the most powerful weapon in existence. Vitruvius warns him of a prophecy involving something called the Peace of Resistance and a chosen one who will defeat him. Haha, ha, Peace of Resistance. resistance. That's ah. so funny. It's, it, you know what? I think the shine is worn off of you a little bit more than me. I still, you know. No, like I, you know, I actually, in my like personal notes, I wrote down like, LOL, Peace of Resistance. So, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so this prophecy, the one who will defeat him will be a master builder. Let's camp on that for a second because it's kind of sad and you can kind of imply what it is, but they never actually fully explain it. But if you're a master builder in the Lego world, you can like see the green code, like the green matrix code. You are Neo. You are Neo and you can build everything and it's very cool. Um, so that's a master builder. And also this person will be the most interesting, amazing, talented, <laughs> just perfect person ever in existence. Yeah. Everyone wants to party with them. Everyone wants to party with them. Um, President Business doesn't want to party because he throws Vitruvius off a cliff and we cut it <laughs> years later. Yeah. So yeah, we get eight and a half years later, we get Emmett, our main character, voiced by Chris Pratt. Um, he wakes up in his generic ass apartment to live his generic ass life. Yeah. Um, Emmett loves adequacy. Would you say that's fair? He is a, he's, he loves adequacy and he's a strict adherence to order and instructions. And apparently if anyone else is doing it, it's good enough for him. Yep. 
Um, so we see Emmett following his morning routine. He grabs an instruction manual on how to fit in, have everyone like you and be happy. <laughs> um, so again, we're already seeing these like literally kind of almost hitting you over the head with themes of like individuality and conformism and things like that. Yep. Um, so he's going through his routine. Um, I love speaking of how adequate he is. He just says a poster that says sports. Yeah. Nothing else. On and it there's another one like um, like rock band or something or like yeah popular oh, pop, band popular music popular, popular music band. yeah yes i love that yeah um so he he's going through his instruction manual and he sees um the way to be fit in be happy and have everyone like you and he gets to the page that says eating breakfast with all the special people in your life uh and all he has is a plant oh so we see Emmett doesn't have any special people in his life oh maybe by the end of the film he will wouldn't it be one a twist if he didn't <laughs> he, just, he ended up alone wouldn't it be a good twist if instead of the hero's journey it really does come full circle and he hasn't changed at all and he's basically <laughs> exactly where he was in the beginning yeah. um but watching tv he sees president business um announce that something really special is coming on taco tuesday it says that every uh rule following citizen will get a taco and those people uh that are not rule followers will be put to sleep um, which Emmett notices briefly, but then moves right off. Yep. Um, I also like too when they talk about the like, what is it? Octacon, Otacon. Uh, Otacon is oct- oct- your Octan. 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 I'm gonna say Otacon. <laughs> no, um, don't. Otacon. It's not hard to say Octan. <laughs> Otacon. Octan. Um, Octan. Like I love the joke that they uh, make the history books and voting machines, and Emmett's like, yeah. wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so, gonna start calling you Wild Style, even though Aaron is too. very easy to pronounce. Um, I I do dream of being a DJ though. Oh, um, so Emmett goes to work. He works in construction. Um, and after his day of construction, um, he's kind of palling around with people, but they don't really notice him. He does notice uh someone sneaking in, which happens to be a, a woman, an attractive Lego woman, I guess you'd say. Emmett seems to think so. Uh, named Wild Style. We'll get to her name in a bit, but uh, her name is really Lucy. We'll probably be calling her Lucy. I love how the slow motion moment where he sees her and it like it makes the hair piece like the Lego Flip. actual like swivel back and forth Flip, and yes. they make her slow motion hair sway. Yes. That that movie is the movie is filled with stuff like that, and it is that that stuff just is it sings. We didn't mention when Emmett's in the shower, how the shower is like individual beads of Lego water. Yeah. And then when he gets the soap stuck in his eye, it's one like yep. unit of Lego soap. And the water is an upside down plant. Uh, it's like a clear upside down plant yes. stem piece. This is the kind of stuff you notice when you've been playing with Legos your whole life. And that all those types of details are, I mean, I'll just say right now, and I'll probably mention it again later. Like this movie is a sensory overload in the best yes. way possible. Um, in ter- like for in terms of the Legos, you could pause every single frame as a Lego lover and just analyze it. And the attention to detail is so good. You know, like when you have some pieces that don't fit perfectly flush with each other, like there'll be like a, a tiny gap, and maybe it's just because like a, the tiniest variance and like the way the plastic came together. And it's like, enraging and it's enraging, but it's so sometimes it's so tiny and like the, that, that those subtle things, like the subtle gaps, this some bricks and like characters that have like slight damage to them. And like, there's that light reflection off the plastic pieces. Like it's just, uh, 
so good. I would honestly love to know more about the development just in terms of how it was animated. Oh, um, yeah. I would love to just sit over the shoulder of an animator as they're going through and like putting together a scene. I don't envy that job, though. I, no. Like you mentioned, the intricacy and the details. I'm really surprised we didn't hear any. And I haven't heard anything negative towards the Lego films about like crunch in terms of CGI. Yeah. Because you hear about that. Like you hear about that in the MCU about, um, you know, special effects workers who are just insanely crunched and the working conditions are horrible and MCU special effects like are okay. Yeah. Um, but like compared to something like this, which is so dense, I'm just surprised. I've never heard anything bad about working conditions. So obviously they must treat people well, but um, the results are incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Emmett kind of falls down this tunnel and um, he finds uh, the crack or I'm sorry. Yes. The piece of resistance. So he falls down into this like glowing cave and the piece of resistance is this big red block and it is held on a crystal. So he walks towards it and um, tellingly a child's voice whispers for him to touch it. Yeah. And then after the child's voice, I believe um, he like gets knocked out. And I think right before he wakes up, the child's voice says you will be or you're the hero now. Yes. Yes. Yep. So um, Emmett wakes up and he is being interrogated by one of my favorite characters in the movie. Um, bad cop slash kind of good cop. Agreed. Um, played by Liam Neeson. Uh, give Great us voice the, acting. Yeah. There. Give us yeah. the lowdown on bad cop slash a little bit good cop. So he's mostly bad cop and it's just Liam Neeson doing his regular voice for bad cop. And then his good cop is like him just doing a high pitched voice. Oh, hey, buddy. That's <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> That was really good. <laughs> I did just watch parts of it again. Like that, I, ago, so. I honestly thought you were playing a clip. Like that was so good. <laughs> no. Holy cow. Um, um, yeah. I, and I, he I also voices character. the character's parents or at least yeah. his, uh, I think his uh, dad or mom, one of the two. I think it's both. It's, it, it, it might either be way. Both. When we get to the parents, yeah. We'll and he's he's got a great. Uh, well, I think it's a it's a great. I don't laugh at it as like I did like I used to. But he, he's got a running joke where it, when bad cop something goes wrong, he kicks a chair, and there uh, one of his subordinates always has a chair there for him to kick. There's yeah. There's one time where I really appreciated that. It does pay off. Um, but yeah. yeah, it's it's funny. Yep. Um, so good cop, bad cop uh, knows the, of this prophecy, right? Knows that there is going to be a piece of resistance, knows that there is going to be a special one. Um, he kind of talks about these things. He and tells him President Business's plan, like verbatim. Yeah, <laughs> he tells him essentially exactly. And he tells him that President Business is going to end the world on Taco Tuesday. Yeah. Um, which, you know, that's a bummer. You want to at least get your taco first. So um, Emmett is shown interviews because he's trying to say, hey, you know, ask my friends, ask my coworkers, like I'm not this guy. Um, and they he's shown interviews with his coworkers and friends where they kind of sum up that he's really a nobody. No yeah. one remembers him. He kind of just does the stuff everyone else does. Brutal. They're 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 brutal to him. It is a brutal takedown. But um, bad cop sees it as no, this was actually your disguise. Yeah, um, this was how you escaped detection. So um, they are going to take him to be melted, um, but I love that it's actually just a laser pointer, including <laughs> a keychain with a yeah. key ring. So they use a laser pointer to try and separate the piece of resistance from Emmett, which does not work. Um, Lucy shows up to save the day. Um, she uses her master builder skills to make this sweet, like, kind of motorcycle thing. 
Um, she also is buying that Emmett is just pretending to be kind of a lame nothing. She calls him sir. Um, she tells him like, hey, great job pretending to be uh, nobody. You know, now you can, you know, the act is over now. Yeah. Um, Emmett accidentally uses the motorcycle to pull off some like cool moves and kill some robots, um, which impresses Lucy or wild style quite a bit. Yeah. Um, except when they escape the city, um, right when they escape the city, she learns that Emmett's kind of a tool. Yeah. Um, and that he just loves the same things everyone else loves and may not actually be that special. Classic trope of interpreting someone's clumsiness as like them actually being super skillful or something. It's like a Mr. Magoo Inspector Clouseau kind of thing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I would say that, yeah, my only other note is, I mean, as you mentioned, like what a master builder can do. I love that you can see the part numbers for all the Lego parts. Oh, yeah. It's so cool. That That is also very cool. So, yeah. Yeah. So you will see the pieces in these like kind of clear outlines and then these long number codes after them. You might be mistaken into thinking they're just like, oh, it's like being the Matrix or something. No, those are the actual codes of those individual pieces. Yeah. I don't know if kids will appreciate that. No. But... So we end up in the old West and it's, it's interesting that there's really, there's not a ton of themes that are represented like in a really heavy way in this movie, other than like the town elements. And then there's kind of like a hodgepodge of other stuff, but like they, it's interesting that they chose the old West to be like the next location. And there's, you almost wish that there was more time to spend in other themes, but anyway, Lucy is n- pretty mad at Emmett for lying to her and for ruining the prophecy because Emmett's a, you know, a tool, like you said. And she, she mentioned she has a boyfriend, even though Emmett is not hitting on her, even though very clearly attracted to her. Well, and it's the kind of thing, at least when I watch it, where once she finds out that he's kind of a loser, she's like, Oh, I have a boyfriend. Like, don't yeah. even think about it. Right. And so she does a little bit of an exposition dump and tells him that the Bricksburg town that he knows is one of many worlds that exist in a, in a single universe. Um, she starts naming some of the worlds, and it's really funny that she very quickly ma- mentions, or like you see, but she doesn't say out loud, Bionicle and Farmland. And they said, we don't need to mention those. <laughs> uh, poor Bionicle. Damn, poor Bionicle. Uh, so do you think Bionicle... Actually, I don't know. I was about to, I was about to compare Bionicle to Animorphs, something that had a moment and then went away. But I feel like you're you're still continuing that Animorphs moment. I'm can I own the entire set actually uh, as an of adult. Bionicles? Uh, no, of Animorphs <laughs> and their Animorph podcast. But I don't know if they're Bionicle podcast. Probably not because of all the racial insensitivities of Bionicles <laughs> or uh, for yeah. Maori and uh, you know Oceana peoples. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they kind of had to cut that out. Yeah. Anyway, that's why we don't mention those. So, <laughs> so she tells them that uh, present business is evil. That they need to put the piece of resistance on the craggle to disarm the craggle. And she mentions that people used to be creative and would build anything they want, and chaos reigned in a good way. But President Business was confused by all of that and decided to force order and instructions on everybody. And so he erected these walls between the different worlds. He hired bad cop to imprison all the master builders that were always changing everything. And then all these resistance fight resistance fighters went into hiding. So Star Wars. Yeah, essentially. Um, <laughs> so so uh, we then cut to President Business's massive, massive Otacon. Octan Otacon. Tower. Where we need to do Metal Gear Solid. And so you can just call <laughs> Otacon Octan. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
hopefully they'll release uh, a re-release. You know what? It's funny you say that. I just heard rumors the other day, but go on. I, I'm really hoping they do. And yeah. then I can't wait to do that episode. Yeah. So, so present business yells a bad cop for losing element. Uh, Emmett, Emmett. What am I talking about? What did I say? I think you said Elmet. Elmet. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, so, you know, business bitches about how everyone's messing with this stuff and how the Craggle will finally fix that. And the Craggle is finally revealed to be crazy glue with some of the words rubbed out. So it looks like it says Craggle. Uh, which is something that I found very, very, very clever uh, yes. the first time I watched this. And still kind of clever. It is still kind of clever. Um yeah. Slightly less clever, present business is talking about the, the various relics that he has, and the Craggle is the most powerful of all of them. Others include like Band-Aid like, and a house key. It's just, you know, whatever. The Band-Aid is gross and has hair on it. Um, as Band-Aids are one. As Band-Aids, <laughs> yeah. So present business tests the Craggle on bad cop's parents, which is so hilariously evil in, the, in a kid's yeah, movie. It is. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate it. Uh, he said he's asking, you know, he's just looking for total perfection and the parents like can't get into position. So that's a way to for business to introduce his micromanagers, which are these you know floating robot things that move people into position that he wants them in. And so for, um, present business uses nail polish remover to get rid of the good cop face. As I forgot if we mentioned exactly how the book good cop bad cop thing works but you know the head swivels 180 degrees and between good cop and bad cop so good cop is gone bad cop uh finishes craggling his own parents which again pretty dark yeah for for a kid's movie yeah good thing it's just legos so also, do we know can you use nail polish remover to wipe the face off of lego figures didn't know that was a thing and let me just say right now what kind of monster would crazy glue their Legos. I've never heard of that even in, in any any subculture of Lego building. There are people who are very big into like very like really intricate model sets. Everything has to be a specific way, but crazy gluing Legos, it seems just batshit crazy. That had to have come from somewhere though. Some truth. I, yeah, I've never heard of anyone doing that. I've heard of people gluing puzzles together, but not Legos. Yeah, never heard of that. I wonder if that's actually a thing. I hope it's not. I'm sure it is. I'm sure someone does it. Disappointing. Yeah. So how about just like make it and then don't touch it? I guess the only reason to do it is if you have kids that you don't want to screw everything up. But anyway. Yeah, but then just give up your kids. Right. It's easy. <laughs> just get rid of them. Yeah. So, so back in the old West, we're at a saloon. Everything is awesome. That song that we didn't mention before it, which is a really annoying song. Uh, yeah, we don't, we don't have to mention it. It's being, is being played on a honky tonk piano, which I appreciate, I guess that kind of little nod, but yeah. everyone's beating the shit out of each other because it's an old West saloon. They find Vitruvius playing piano and they tell him they found the piece of resistance so they go upstairs and they go into Vitruvius's room and go into Emmett's brain. Predictably, it's very empty. And they kind of ask him, have you ever had an original thought? And he says he has. And it is a double decker couch. And as the characters some like later poke, you know, holes in that idea and say, like, well, you're supposed to watch TV through the feet of the people above you. Listen, I think it's a phenomenal idea. I think it could work, but I, I get the problems that could exist it, it has like huge dorm room energy 
too. Oh yeah, very much. So. I would never want one as an adult person. As an adult, though, but when you're like 19 in the dorms, double decker couch. Oh yeah, great. great idea, especially if it works the way he wants it to. Like, hey, there's a cooler, and you can have like beers and stuff in it. Exactly. So he Emmett reveals that he had a vision when he found the piece of resistance and he saw, quote, the man upstairs, who, the identity of whom will be revealed later. They also and, um, show in the background, uh, if you notice, there's like a descending hand made out of Legos. Yes. Yes. And Vitruvius thinks it's a sign that he's seen the man upstairs. So they kind of still hold on hope that Emmett might actually serve some purpose. And they decide they need to assemble the master builders and meet in Cloud Cuckoo Land, which I'll just say right now, Cloud Cuckoo Land is not a term I had ever heard before, except it is a level in Banjo-Tooie. And I am smart enough to know that there's no way that they are referencing Banjo-Tooie, so that Cloud Cuckoo Land must be a term that exists in some sort of history. Do you, Are you aware? Have you heard that term before? I have not. It is also possible that those words sound silly together. And this could be an example of like both pterodactyls and birds evolved wings but for different reasons yeah it's like i think cloud cuckoo land may have been chosen separately coincidentally for different reasons yeah and apparently cloud cuckoo land is a term that is like been used in fantasy before and it is mainly meant to refer to like well i'll just read what i have so this is just from the wiki so it is a term coined by Aristo Aristophanes. I don't know. It's apparently Aristophanes. Aristophanes. I don't know. A, a, Greek, a Greek playwright. Cloud Cuckoo Land is a state of absurdly over-optimistic fantasy or an unrealistically idealistic state of mind where everything appears to be perfect. Someone who is said to live in Cloud Cuckoo Land is a person who thinks that things are completely impossible might happen rather than understanding how things really are. It also hints that the person is referred to it as naive, unaware of realities or deranged in holding such optimistic belief. Okay. Well, that makes cloud cuckoo land make much more sense to me. It makes the banjo Tui level cloud cuckoo land make no sense at all. But anyway, so we get it. We get ourselves an action sequence and I love any fire and water animation. And it's just like little you know, blue or orange or whatever. Like, I mean, there's actual fire Lego pieces, but like the water animation is so cool. It's just a little yeah. like, you know, blue and white, various shades of blue and white um, bubbling up. Like, you know, it's just the, the the volume of pieces. Is, yeah, I think what makes it so impressive to me. And that's again, big where, D squirts like, uh, anytime they animate some big D squirts. But yeah. especially when it's they're in the ocean or over water and it's kind of swelling and heaving and you see all the individual. That's where I want to go see an animator and say, how did you do this? Like, yeah. how did you animate ocean swells where e each little tiny thing is a Lego piece? It's crazy. Yeah. They uh, they end up on a train being chased by a bad cop and trying to avoid plunging into the water um, where the cop cro crocodiles yes. it's just these crocodiles with like, you know, the blue and red like flashing lights. <laughs> um, so bad cop destroys the track ahead of them. They are saved by Batman as they're falling. Lucy reveals to Emmett that Batman is her boyfriend. Batman is voiced by Will Arnett. I. Well, I'll, I'll let's, let me talk about Batman for for a second. So Batman quickly, he turns bad cops playing into a baby carriage. Bad cop plummets into, well, he's about to plummet into the sea. I think he he escapes. Um, But bad cop is able to get a tracking device on Emmett that we see, but the other characters do not. So it's just a giant blinking brick. And yeah. I, I just love the joke that 
he puts it on and no one notices until later. Yeah, even though it's extremely obvious. <laughs> it's extremely huge. Um, so Batman. Batman, Lego Batman, I think is funny in small doses. I hate the Lego Batman movie mostly okay. because while it's filled with tons of jokes, like in jokes for, for real, like diehard Lego fans, the shtick of selfish Bruce Wayne, like Batman's an asshole, which is kind of what all Batman, all he really is in this movie. It, it gets so old. The entire movie of the Lego Batman movie is Batman is a, a selfish person only cares about himself, you know, traumatized by loss of his parents. And it's just, it's, it's so annoying. And even in this movie, there are a couple times where I'm like annoyed with it, even though he's barely in the movie. Yeah. There are a couple times where I think it's a little bit too much. Then you probably will not like the Lego Batman movie. And it, you said, you mentioned that, um, Edgar did not like, this movie i think he would hate the lego batman movie yeah i'm i won't expose him to that yeah <laughs> i won't do that to him so anyway we get to cloud cuckoo land yeah so uh but before we get to cloud cuckoo land uh we are offered a brief look at a different lego land uh oh, yeah. middle middle zealand yeah um which is a medieval themed area i was thinking like why middle and then i realized oh middle earth middle zealand uh except the only lord of the rings character they show is gandalf which i think is strange yeah but anyway um, before this, this is a Batman moment that does make me laugh. Same. Um, <laughs> um, as they're driving through the forest in Middle Zealand, um, Batman puts on his 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 music, um, and it's just loud beats and him going, "Dead parents, <laughs> very sad." Yeah. Um, and Wild Style slash Lucy is in love with it and thinks that he's a real artist. Yeah. But yeah, so they get to Cloud Cuckoo Land. Which is this, like, now hearing that it's an actual thing and the description of what it is makes much more sense. But it's this weird, surrealist kind of partyscape in the clouds. There's a lot of bright colors. There's weird characters running around. Everyone's in constant motion. Um, it's it's almost like like a, like a ecstasy music festival, bright lights kind of party atmosphere, would you say? Yeah. Yeah, so we. Meet I, I actually don't love. I don't love the Cloud Cuckoo Land stuff. This is pr- sequence. I feel like is one of my least favorite in the whole. Movie. I don't love the aesthetic. I when Same. I first saw this, definitely thought it was like, oh, this is his little sister. Like this is where his little sister plays with Legos, mm-hmm. um, which is not the case as we find out later. Um, but we meet Princess Unikitty, who explains that there are no rules. There's no neg- negativity. There's no consistency in Cloud Cuckoo Land. Which, again, makes sense based on what we just found out about Cloud Cuckoo Land, um, about it existing. Um, but uh, our main plot point here is that we get a council of the master builders uh, in a dog's head. What I like is when Vitruvius is introducing all the master builders. I don't remember all of them, but I remember that Abraham Lincoln was one, Gandalf Dumbledore, and my absolute favorite are the 2004 NBA All-Stars. Same. <laughs> I, I have, have that written down too <laughs> my notes that i i like i don't I, the superman green lantern wonder woman gandalf dumbledore what i don't whatever but like shack really <laughs> i like still Shaq laugh at the great. uh you all ready for this oh no, no they were ready for this they were ready for this <laughs> yeah. 
Um, Vitruvius lays up present bus- president business's plans. So everyone's like, okay, we gotta, you know, we gotta do, you know, we gotta do something here. Emmett gives a speech and at first it's kind of inspiring and it's, you know, he gets people behind him, but then we have metal beard who kind of jumps in and interrupts and he explains where the craggle is and how to get it. Um, the craggle is at the very tippy top of president business's Otacon tower um, and he goes goes over all the different crazy uh, security measures that are keeping it safe. And then Emmett finishes his speech after that um, by explaining why he's a terrible hero and not the person to follow. Um, so everyone abandons Emmett, even President Lincoln in his space chair, which also makes me laugh. Oh, yeah, um, I, I like the Lincoln thing, too. And that's yeah. a reference to Clone High, who, which uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller also made. And Will, really? Will Forte actually voiced the character of Abraham Lincoln. In okay, I, I did not realize that was a reference. I've heard of Clone High, but I've never actually watched it. I haven't really watched it either. I just I just know that fact. I don't know why. I didn't even see it <laughs> while I was like researching this. I just somehow know it. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Um. So Bad Cop shows up and he begins attacking everyone. Um. A little detail I like is that he uses chewed gum to incapacitate Superman. Because you see Superman just grabbing vehicles and just throwing them as Superman would be able to do. Um, but chewed gum, no. Chewed gum st- traps Superman. Uh, Green Lantern tries to save him um, and is not successful. I love the the love-hate relationship between Superman and Green Lantern. Yeah. Um, this is a joke because they're played by uh, the 21 Jump Street guys, Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill. Yep. Um, so the master, this is where some theming gets a little wonky to me. And maybe if you can remind me when we're talking about what works and what doesn't to remember this moment, but the master builders all get together and they decide to build a submarine, right. To escape from this collapsing cloud city. Yeah. But all of them are like, well, I'm going to do it my way. Yeah. Um, And all of them are like building it their own way, but it's all one submarine. And Emmett's trying to be like, maybe we should follow the instructions. Um, But the submarine makes it and they crash into the ocean. Um, However, the submarine is attacked and um, explodes. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. While they're in the submarine, Emmett introduces Unikitty to the double-decker couch uh, idea, which everyone, again, kind of criticizes him for. Mm-hmm. However, when the submarine starts leaking and eventually explodes, um, it is the double-decker couch that has saved them. Yep. Uh, they hid inside the double-decker couch. My thing here, and I'll just bring it up now. Yeah, I don't do understand it now. Why, yeah, this movie kind of goes back and forth between like following what everyone else is doing is not a good idea. You should do your own thing, which sometimes it follows. But here I was like, well, the submarine's not going to work because they're yeah. all trying to do their own thing. And I didn't understand why it did. I guess this was just kind of where theming came at a, like crossroads yeah. for me. And I didn't quite understand. It's weird. It's like, they're trying to balance like creativity is good, but also you need to work with others. Like it's so before this was where all the master builders just, building their own shit and they're like don't don't come into my area i guess but even when they're building the submarine they're saying things like don't come into my area yeah exactly and yeah. and i and i well, while, while that's kind of funny and that's certainly something that i've said to my brothers while building legos together you know it, it the theming is just muddied yeah there yeah it, it's just a little strange to me but yeah um but yeah the double decker couch finally uh finally saves everyone so we get that payoff um we switch over to the think tank we have heard of the think tank reference but essentially it's a giant room where president business has trapped all of the master builders 
and he is somehow like siphoning off their master builder brain power i guess to develop the plans to build everything in the universe yeah um and so that is the grim fate that will await the master builders if president business gets his way so back with our crew Metal Beard, and I really like the design of Metal Beard. I think it's a cool looking character. Can we? Yeah, Metal Beard's very cool. He's like a like a cyborg pirate, but the cyborg parts are metal. They're made out of like wood ship barrels, parts, yeah, barrels and wheels and things. Can we talk about how Nick Offerman is wasted here in this? Oh role? yeah, completely wasted. Yeah, like I knew it was him, but it wasn't doing anything interesting. And I feel like the character would have been better with just a regular Nick Offerman voice. I think I like that too. I mean, yeah, it's, I feel like that's this for the kids. You need a pirate voice for the kids. Yeah, I get. But then don't get Nick Offerman. Just do get a rando. I mean, he's still good. They, that's their fault. They probably will pay, paid too much money to Nick Offerman when they could have just paid like Tom Kenny to do a pirate voice. True. I thought you were going to say they directed him to death. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know why I thought you were going to say that. No. You know, it was going well, but then they just directed Nick Offerman <laughs> to death in this pirate thing. Nick Offerman's actually dead. He's just the Nick Offerman that we see is not actually Nick Offerman. It's all a deep fake. Yeah, uh, but go on with his pirate character. So, so he he notices that Lord he, he pays particular attention to the fact that Lord Business's men overlook the double de- double decker couch and concludes that in order to be successful in their mission, they need more dumb, useless ideas just like that. And so they start utilizing Emmett's plainness to to devise a plan. And so Emmett thinks the last thing that Lord Business would expect from Master Builders is that they'll follow instructions. I mean, I guess the theming is really like that they'll follow instructions and work together. I don't know. Yeah. Um. He get he get you know he Emmett gives a really bad speech in Cloud Cuckoo Land to the Master Builders, and this time he gives a good one, and everyone's happy. And so we get uh, Emmett's plan and. You know, him describing the plan is kind of cross-cut with the plan actually being implemented. I like when a movie does that, saves some time. And so he builds a generic Octan spaceship. And this is one of the many moments where Benny, the 1980s space guy, uh, which is a character I love, uh, especially because of the attention to detail and that his helmet is cracked Cracked. and broken, which definitely happened. To I think I probably had the exact same character, even though that theme of Legos, that specific theme that he's from is, I think, from early 80s, which is a is a theme I think I mostly missed, but maybe caught the very tail end of when I was buying Legos. Anyway, love that character. All he wants to do is build a spaceship uh, and the running joke being, you know, another time that he is unable to do it because they need a generic Octan spaceship, not a really cool spaceship. Would you say it's a classic case of um, why am I I'm, I'm just forgetting a lot of things today. What? A classic case of um, I want to say Romanov's <laughs> gun. Chekhov's <laughs> gun. Chekhov's. Chekhov's Nata- <laughs> no, uh, of course, Natasha Romanov's gun. <laughs> Romanov's gun. <laughs> Everyone knows what that is. We don't need to explain it. Um, <laughs> so, but in order to power the spaceship, they need a hyperdrive, which is a stupid way to get another franchise in the movie because Han, Chewie, and Lando show up with C3PO and R2 in the Millennium Falcon immediately. And the only thing I like about this is that actual Billy D. Williams, it, Billy D. Williams's voice is used and he, his Lando flirts with Wildstyle. 
Uh, also, I read that it is the actual voices of well, also Anthony it's Daniels, Pio, Anthony Daniels. Yeah, it's Anthony Daniels, Billy D. Williams, and apparently the guy who regularly voices Han really? in the Lego Star Wars. Stuff. Oh, so it is. There is some consistency in that it's definitely not Harrison Ford, but it is the guy who regularly voices Han. Yeah, and they use this as a way because Batman just leaves with them, which upsets Lucy, and then Batman shows back up with the stolen hyperdrive. But that moment where Batman's gone, it's kind of like a way for Emmett to be like, like Lucy, that guy's not good paradise. for you. Yeah. yeah. Batman's a real jerk. Not not Lego Batman. Yeah, not this yeah. one. I don't like him. Yeah. So most of them sneak into the tower using this generic spaceship. And my favorite joke, probably the entire movie, is Batman throwing a ton of bat- batarangs at the gate button to open it. Uh, and it keeps missing and it keeps making these sound effects. And then eventually it's just like first try. <laughs> I love that joke. It's pretty good. Um, so um, Benny, the space guy and metal beard sneak in and disable the craggle shield and Vitruvius is the lookout. haha, Cause he's blind. I don't hear you laughing. Yeah. Well, but so here's the thing. He's kind of meant to be like a blind sage, I think is the idea. Yeah. Because he's blinded at the beginning, but then he'll open his eyes and they're, they're always these weird glowing, like swirly patterns. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then Batman as Bruce Wayne and Unikitty show up in Lord Business's office and trick them into building giant speakers, which Lucy and Emmett then disguise themselves as robots to carry so they can get close to the craggle, whatever. Um, yeah. During uh, Lucy and Emmett's, I mean, we kind of just, then the plan ends and you know the plan scenes end and we just kind of are stuck in the middle of what's actually going on. Lucy and Emmett are together and she admits that she's jealous that Emmett's the special. Um, and they kind of get close to the, and the, the, I just wanted to, I like the also joke where they can't disable the shield and they're just trying to like use voice commands and they're just saying disable shield. And then metal beard goes like be disabling of yon shield. <laughs> and then it goes off. And then it works. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, right when Emmett's about to put the cap on the craggle, they're all captured. Vitruvius is killed by Lord Business, Lord Business, decapitated with a penny. Such a violent movie. Uh, but as he dies, Vitruvius reveals that he made up the prophecy. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. No. Uh, Lord Business straps Emmett to a self-destruct mechanism, which I think is just a battery. Connected to something. Yeah, I don't yes, know. Yes. Um, he cuts the piece of uh, the the piece of resistance off of Al- Emmett from the the use of the exact zero knife. Ha ha. No. Um, nah. Um, like the orb of Tidal East. Have you mentioned that the golf yeah, ball that yeah. crashes into Cloud Cuckoo Land? God, that, that's a joke that I don't really care for. Yeah, I mean that yeah. that that running joke. And he like throws the piece of resistance out the window. Says he's going to use the craggle on Emmett's hometown first, Bricksburg, and then also leaves bad cop there to die because he's a bad guy. What a bad guy! He is a real bad guy. So Lord Business goes to the city and starts freezing everyone, like you said, Taco Tuesday. I, Taco stands for something. I don't. I didn't write it down. I don't know what it is. Did you? Uh, I didn't. Okay. Um, sorry to our fans for letting, yeah, sorry, letting you down. We finally let you down. Yeah. After finally, 40, 40 something episodes. <laughs> yeah, we've yeah. been trying Jesus. for so long. Yeah. We finally let you down. Um. So yeah, Vesuvius uh, returns in spirit form. And I love that he's like the classic ghost piece. I love the ghosts. Yes. I think yes. the first time I ever saw one of those ghosts was in the medieval themed. Yeah. Videos. Yeah. Yeah. And Skeletons um, I don't too. know. If- 
I don't know if those ones glowed in the dark, but this one certainly does. Yeah, and those did glow in the dark. I think that's always been part of the ghost thing is that it glows in the dark. Uh, as soon as you said that, I had this intense like flashback in my mind of that exact set. Right? Yeah. There, there's like a specific, specific medieval themed set that it was like a $10 one where it's literally just like a tomb and there's a ghost in it. and I, Or then, or maybe it's a skeleton. Well, whatever. Good memories anyway. So he tells, Vesuvius tells Emmett that what makes him special is that he believes in himself. And he says, I know that sounds like a cat poster, but it's true. Which is also an, another joke that kids will not get. No. Um, feeling inspired by Vitruvius's words, Emmett flings himself off the edge of the tower and saves his friends. He goes after the craggle. And Lucy and the Master Builders, you know, escape. And Lucy rallies all the Master Builders and all the Lego people and all the worlds by kind of broadcasting over the TV to use all their creativity to build things, build whatever they can, create chaos to help fight Lord Business. And we get to our end game. And who should get to build something that he's desperately wanted to build this whole time? But Benny, this definitely was the hardest I laughed the first time I saw the movie. I was. This is a real. This is a. This is a real Romanov's gun. If you, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, classic Natasha Romanov's um, gun. <laughs> classic. Um, Benny finally gets to build a spaceship, uh, which he uses to take them back to the city. Uh, in a f- really funny gag, he keeps saying "spaceship, spaceship." Um, and as they're flying around throughout different realms, um, the spaceship is killing people and Benny just keeps screaming spaceship, spaceship, spaceship. Um, they eventually make it back to the city. Um, and we cut over to Emmett who is falling down this portal. He thinks he's going to fall forever. Um, but eventually he wakes up to find himself as a Lego, um, stuck on the floor and in the real world. So now we're in live action world. There's a live action world now. Um, we get this kid, his name is Finn, um, who we find out has been playing with his dad's Legos. So we get the reveal of the man upstairs. Um, Lord Business is this kid, Finn's dad, um, and they are both obsessed with Legos. However, uh, Will Ferrell's character, President Business, he's just a real, like, lame guy. Um, and he only wants to build Legos to display them. He has all these different areas. He has Bricksburg. He has the Old West. He has Middle Zealand. Uh, but they all have do not touch uh, signs on them. And it's very clear that this is his area. Um, his son, Finn, just wants to be imaginative and play and kind of take what he's built and build his own things. Um, but Will Ferrell's character is not about that. Um, the The idea of craggling things, of putting crazy glue in the Legos, we find comes from this situation, the real world. Um, because President Business um, in the real world wants to use crazy glue to fix all the Legos into place. Um, so he brings Emmett to his work table. Um, Emmett sees the piece of resistance under the table and in the real world is able to kind of like wiggle himself off of it. Um, Finn, the little boy sees him. Also, if this sounds like all this is coming all at once, it's because it is. (laughs) Um, but Finn, the little boy who we're suddenly supposed to care about, um, picks him up and drops him through a magic tunnel. I love the, the, the magic tunnel. Um, it's, just a tube that the kid has made himself and like decorated with different like pieces and like tinfoil and all this cool stuff. It's great. Yeah, it's great. It's very imaginative. He drops him into a, through a magic tunnel back into the city where he finally unlocks his master builder abilities. Um, He builds this pretty cool construction bot. Um, And after a battle through the city, which involves unit kitty kind of freaking out, everyone kind of gets like a fun moment or two in this fight. 
Um, Emmett gets to President Business's lair um, to kind of put a stop to him, but his leg winds up getting crackled. Oh, no. I hate when that happens. Oh, I hate when my leg gets crackled. <laughs> um, but Emmett starts giving this kind of impassioned speech about Legos, um, specialness, um, inspiration, and it connects to Finn and his dad um, in the real world. And it gets to where Finn, through Emmett, is kind of telling his dad, you know, like, you don't have to do this. You are the most special, most interesting person in my life. Um, and I just want to take what you have built and kind of like make my own amazing creations uh, with it as well. And it kind of talks about, you know, he sees different people inspiring each other to make all these amazing, you know, cool things that they couldn't on their own. Um, so we get a moment where Finn and his dad, Will Ferrell, kind of reconcile. Um, and in the Lego world, all is well. Emmett and Lucy are kind of now together. In the real world, we see that Will Ferrell has started decraggling things. Um, however, all, all seems well, all seems great. What is the kind of apocalyptic note that we end on here? Um, because now the uh, the kid, what's the kid's name again? Finn. Finn. Finn's sister is now allowed to play with the Legos too. The little sister's Duplos show up um, and announce that they're here to take over the world. And it's to destroy also... everything. Which also made me laugh. It made me laugh the first time, and it made, it's made me laugh every time I've seen it, this. It is funny. Yeah, it's cute. Uh, what, what's uh, what's so weird? The the, little, the kid actor is. I'm, I don't know why I was so hung up on the kid actor each time. I'm just like, did they really try to make a kid? Like, did they really go out of their way that hard to make to find a kid that looked like a young Will Ferrell, maybe that you could buy as like a? What do you think about the kid? Do you am well, I just like being there, crazy there is, no you're not crazy because the kid very clearly shifts ages during different scenes mm-hmm. like kids are kids and they're gonna grow um but you can very clearly see in like certain close-ups he's much older than he is in other like far shots mm-hmm. which is kind of fun to me hmm. but yeah i bet there's probably a lego president business will ferrell and i bet there's a lego this character finn you could probably buy yeah what if you were hired for an acting job literally only based on both how you look like another person and how you might make a good Lego? I think I would just be happy I got a job. <laughs> I guess so. But those are such weird qualifications. Yeah. So that was the Lego movie. Yeah. yeah. We touched we touched a lot on what works and what doesn't work. For me, what works is, I don't know, the Lego part. Yeah, the Legos, <laughs> the good, it's, the attention to detail. I mean, there were a couple of things I maybe didn't mention before. Like, I like like when a ship is flying away, the sound effects are like, you know, yes. like the co- yes. sound a kid that would uh, that a kid would make. I like also that um, anytime the micromanagers are doing anything, and we see from their point of view, it's bad cop who's doing the voices for them. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, I mean, really what ages what ages the best and what works the most for me is the animation. It's so it's so incredible. And the movie does have a lot of charm. It's so creative. It's somewhat free from convention. Um, high jokes per minute. And as I mentioned, like for me, what doesn't work is that. Some of the jokes just don't land as well. The themes are laid on really thick. And I don't know, I, it just kind of lost a little bit of its charm for me. Um, how about you? OK. Um, for what works, I'm going to agree with you on basically everything. Uh, I'm going to point out specifically just the joke a minute, not even like three jokes a minute pace of this film. Mm-hmm. Not every joke is going to land. Not every joke makes me laugh, but it's just happening so fast and so frequent um, that enough of them do make me smile, do make me laugh, that I think it works. 
again, attention to detail, like you said, the visuals, this movie is going to age very, very well, I think. Um, it genuinely looks like everything was made out of Legos. And I think that's really, really commendable. If you haven't seen this film, <clears throat> by the way, if our plot description hasn't ruined it for you entirely, um, just watch a trailer, just watch a trailer on YouTube and just look at the world and how it's built. And I think it's, it's kind of staggering. I would recommend I the- this movie to anyone who liked Legos. True. I think, I think most likely you're going to enjoy it. If you liked Legos, you might not love it, but you'll, there's plenty to, there's, it's a lot of eye candy. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of eye candy. Um, I think the voice acting is by and large pretty good. Yeah. Again, Nick Offerman, not my, like, I love Nick Offerman, but I think he's kind of wasting this role. Um, in terms of what doesn't work, I think you're right. The theming, I think kind of trips over itself a little bit. Um, I also think what doesn't work is, um, just the, the live action stuff. It, when you're, when you see the movie twice, you do notice things that make sense with regard to the live action. For example, the evil robots being called micromanagers. That's funny, but it's also like the dad president business is a micromanager. Like his dad comes in and like the micromanagers comes and like puts back the pieces the way they were. Um, also the kid whispering, you know, touch the piece of resistance. You get all these little hints throughout the movie beforehand that this kid and the dad are in play, but I certainly didn't catch them the first time. I don't think most kids would. I caught it the second time, but by then I had already seen the film. When I saw this the first time, the live action stuff came very much out of nowhere. It felt very rushed and it felt like it was trying to tie all the morals of the story together. Yeah. I think it does those things, but I think it's a little ham handed. I think if you had um, foreshadowed this coming a little bit more, I think it would be more effective. Mm -hmm. Um, I also, this is a minor complaint, but I would have liked other Lego worlds to be featured. Oh yeah. I'm sure they weren't down too. Yeah. I'm sure they weren't because of considerations of like plot and time. Um, But you know, I would have liked to see that. I don't know if that's something Lego movie part two delves into. Um, There's more, there's more variation. Yeah. Okay. There is. I, I just, Found Lego Movie 2 to just be okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I, I would have loved to see more, but I understand why that may not, might not be possible. So, yeah. yeah, those are my what works and what doesn't. Cool. Would you want to live in this world? No. I would. Absolutely would. But you could be crackled at any moment. I don't care. You want to be a Lego. I want to be a Lego. Okay. I, I mean, I mean, I guess I I guess uh, I would want to be a master builder if I can be. But if How I'm just about, no, if I'm just a no, regular like, old guy, then no, because I'm the, just living the, a regular life. But I'm a Lego. I have more limitations. How about it rolls the dice? So just like we'll roll the dice like in the Star Wars universe, if you're a Jedi or not. But the odds are so infinitesimally, infinitesimally small. It's not even worth it. Should we do that for this one? Yeah. We're rolling the dice, but the odds that you're a master builder are so small. Fine, Aaron, I'm going to remind you. I'm going to remind you. Uh, I'm just going to call you Otacon. Otacon, I'm going to remind <laughs> yes. you that we have in our very, very, very original outline, proposed outline and segments for this show, we have, would we want to live in the world of the movie? Question mark. Bullet point under that, how would we fit in? which implies that we are free to choose how we Fair would enough. fit in. And I Fair understand enough. that I am a hypocrite because I have called you out and proposed limitations on your involvement in a world. 
And so I, this, I'm just, I'm calling, I guess I'm calling myself out also. (laughs) I think you picked the perfect episode too, because the, the unlimited creativity of Legos, we should take that spirit and run with it. Right. I, I want to have the ability of a master builder or else I would be bored to tears probably. Fair. Um, I don't want to live in the world as like thin because then I'm just a regular kid. I'm just myself. But with a worse well, yeah, but dad. You're, not a kid. you're a grown man. <laughs> I'm with a bad dad. You're, you're not. Yeah. I really you do. Good, you have both a good dad and you're an adult. I, I love the, like the line. I mean, they fit a lot of good Will Ferrell jokes in. He's just like, this is not a toy. And the kid's like, actually, it is. And he's like, I age, like when, it says um, ages for eight to 14. He's like, that's a suggestion. They have to put that. They on. have to put that. Um, I also like this is an aside, but um, I like when he's like, did you take the top off the tower? And the kid yeah. goes, it was an accident. <laughs> yeah. he goes, you you accidentally very carefully removed the top of the tower. <laughs> the kid's like, yeah. Expertly removed yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Okay. Um, I would not. I would not want to. Even a master builder, I do not want to live in a Lego. We never world. agree on this. I we think. never do. I know. Um, what are you thinking? If this were a video game, this was a video game. It was. Way. I groaned when I got to like when I was starting to think about this. I was like, oh god, there's so many Lego video games. So here's here's my proposal to you. Um, speaking of Banjo to uh, Kazooie, Banjo Tooie, and this is not the last time I'm going to mention it. Hint, oh, hint. God damn it. <laughs> okay, go on. Um, ban- I think we might have the same thing for later. Oh, that's that. That's totally fine by me. Um, so Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Bolts. Did you ever play it? Briefly, yeah. So I mean, it's a you know you build vehicles in that game and you do missions. I think that game is fun. It is not really a true Banjo Kazooie game, but it is pretty fun. I like the idea of a kind of game that's based on doing missions using like cars, boats, and planes. And there's a lot of moments in this this movie that are pretty cool where like a car turns into a plane or, you know, vice versa or something. And I like the idea of being able to like progress through a game. You know, you start with some basic parts, you maybe build a car, eventually you get more parts and you turn that into a plane and, you know, and then you have, and you have a car that can like, you hit a button and it turns into a plane, turns into a boat, whatever. And like, you know, you get upgraded parts that enable like better flight, faster speed, things like that. And just have varying missions like that and races I like that. things. I, 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 very much like Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Bowls, which is a game I would recommend um, if you want to waste money on an Xbox. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, which I did at the time. I thought, you know, Same. I have a three, I have a three sixty. I better play whatever's out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. For my idea for a video game is a survival horror Lego building sim. Love it. Yeah. Okay. Just to, to now clear some runway for me here, okay? Okay. Um, for you to crash? Ever... <laughs> are you going to like? Are you going <laughs> to? No, I'm going to land. Are you setting gonna yourself land up for failure? Executed idea. Oh, okay. Um, no, okay. So there's, uh, you've heard of Animal Crossing, I assume, right? Yes, I think um, I've heard the, of it. Yeah, you've heard of it. There's like a spinoff game. I think it's called like Happy Home Designer or something, where essentially you you are given a little Animal Crossing character and you're told like, oh, their favorite color is green. They really hate coffee tables and they love bananas i don't know Mm. you get different like a little profile of each person and then in animal crossing i think it's like happy home designer you are tasked with designing a home that fits that person and their likes okay and then you are graded based on how well you do matching their likes so my i'm envisioning we're in the real world right you play as finn now the survival horror element is you have to sneak around the lego room while your big bad dad is walking around trying to catch you. So you're trying to think of ways to disrupt his like Lego world. 
So instead of like an ambulance, you want to build, you know, a different thing. But just like Animal Crossing Happy Home Designer, you get like certain limitations where it's like, okay, it needs to be white. It needs to be vaguely spherical and it needs to be X, Y, and Z so that you can go in and make changes and build things with the Legos, but that it's not so different that dad will notice. I, I love that a lot. I'm going to... I don't want to spoil anything, but I have you're you're kind of getting into a territory that I've been thinking about. Um, the, I the let, survival let, horror Lego building sim. Let's just area. say let's just say like I probably put more thought into what my fan fiction would be for this particular movie than I might have before for any episode. I've thought more about really? it. Yeah, I, we'll we'll get to it. Okay, it, it, well, but I but I like your idea a lot. That's my game. So that's my game. So you're sneaking around the basement and then you're trying to disrupt dad's, you know, yeah. lame building. Um, but you're doing it, you know, with very specific restrictions in mind. Also, what happens if dad catches you? I don't know. Don't find out. I know. Is it the fan fiction? Yeah. Then do tell. Well, well, well first we have to talk about uh, what fan fiction we found. Safe to say we found the same. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> There are a lot of areas to go into. I found like all the, I mean, sorry. I, I looked at a few regular ass ones that are just, they're so uninspiring. <laughs> um, And, but there's some, so I went into crossover territory. One is uh, Attack on Titan, which is just, just yep. terrible. I saw that one too. Uh, Just bad. It's one of those where you can clearly see someone's losing their mind as they feel like they need to finish. And then they get to like the third chapter and then, Every what what started out as something very like thought out, even if it's still terrible, just becomes the 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 deranged ramblings of a madman. Here's an idea, fan fiction writers: finish your fan fiction, then upload it. <laughs> exactly, like, pretty, pretty easy. <laughs> exactly. Um, there is there is a <laughs> one. It's one called "You and Kitty and Benny Look for a Pen." Okay. Uh, <laughs> In the description it just says based on a real pen <laughs> <laughs> okay that's I, don't, I don't understand it and uh <laughs> uh it's a batman crossover because batman appears and they ask him for help and that's it it's just it's really stupid it's it's like i don't know 500 words the most yeah, yeah um but that made me laugh and then we clearly found the cloud cuckoo land one yeah we did um yeah. i didn't I understand this i i didn't fully get it i did notice that there were 35 chapters yeah but they they're it's very still, short it they are very short it still doesn't end though um yeah. i i pick this can i read a, a chapter in its entirety to oh you? of course and we should say I, I should remind people again that this is because the last level in banjo tooie is called cloud cuckoo land yes yes yeah um and this will this will touch on it a bit this was called Night Doesn't Exist Here, Yes. Um, this is chapter 30. That's why I picked it. Okay. It was a quiet day in the cloud cuckoo land of Tui. It seemed like it was always frozen for the daytime, despite the fact that time went by normally and all its fellow worlds that it overlooked below. Alas, there wasn't really an answer for this. Quite fitting for the level that seemed to have just about any anything slapped onto it, given the fact that, yes, it was a kooky floating mountain with such... with. Little view of the space just above it because it got so cloudy that it easily clouds any thoughts as to how such a level could even be a thing in the first place yet. That's the chapter. 
It literally falls apart halfway through. It, it, I, mean, I, I would say that the signs that it was going to fall apart were right there in the in the tag or like the little blurb at the beginning where at the end they say, but seriously, don't go cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Just because sure. the word cuckoo is in that phrase. We should they probably also made note, their, their like 10 year old self laugh. We should note that uh, this is by Yoshizilla dash Redosaurus. In case they listen to the in case you want to like look up listen. their other writings. Also, can um, you please, can you please, for the love of God, are you, are you open to it right now? I can say would you, would you want me to, do you want me to, to say how many uh, p- stories they've written? No. Can you please just click on their uh, profile picture and describe it to everyone? Can I, can I, can I first tell you how many stories they've allegedly written? I think they yes, wrote their please. own profile. 2,950. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's actually true. I, I, I'm like, I can't totally see. Well, I mean, so what? Um, I, it's not letting me like open up the, it's like a 150 by 150. It's It looks like two people farting, including Toadette. Okay, you were looking at, no, you're not looking at the same image. Really? What um, are you looking at? I'm looking at what seems to be either a pile of pink CGI rocks. <clears throat> oh, or... that, no, that's Cloud Cuckoo Land, the level, and there's a beehive at the top. Oh, oh that's that's the image for the. <laughs> OK, now we got to talk about something. Okay. Uh, that's the image that they used for the story, because that's Cloud Cuckoo Land, the level. I if you see. click, click on Yoshizilla, look, click on their username and then click on. <laughs> what in the world is happening? <laughs> yep. Can we One, try to decipher this on on air? Because I can't really like zoom in very much. So it looks like two characters holding their butt open and farting, but with like mom jeans on. It's okay. It's I know Toadette, exactly. And who person. is the character on the left? It's Toadette, and it's the female character from Pokemon Black and White. Who's your friend? Okay, Bianca. That's her okay. name. Her name is Bianca. Okay. What are they saying? I cannot see. But Let's save this image. Yeah, I, I, this, this is what, what a gr- crazy discovery we've just made. Let's see, desktop JPEG. <laughs> this is thrilling audio, by the way. This really is. We, I, I should I vamp while you're doing this? Uh, yeah, just go ahead and vamp because it's downloading the the JPEG. Okay. So Ron Howard, I think, is is really just a, a a director who has swam in the pool of mediocrity for far too long. The heights that he has reached, and I would say his height is probably Apollo thirteen, but I think that any height that he has allegedly ever reached, other than that, is either probably due to uh, it was mostly just due to the people he's working with. Um, he won an Oscar for Beautiful Mind. I think that is because Russell Crowe gives such a good performance, and he was really just jumping on the star power of Russell Crowe. Speaking of star power, you can you can end your vamp there. Okay, cool. I won't hear any more of that Ron Howard talk while I'm around. Um, I zoom in, and because this isn't CSI, there's no like zoom and enhance. So without the enhance, I can't read anything. Oh, okay. I think it says, "Think we're gonna need new." 
Something if something. That's what Toadette says. <clears throat> think we're going to need new... Riveting. Oh, think we're going to need new change of undies. That's what Toadette says. Oh, my God. And then Bianca's saying, ah, something that something... Something sludge bubbles. Okay. Well, <laughs> thanks for everyone who stuck around for that. <laughs> Sorry that we couldn't deliver. We will personally mail you five thousand dollars <laughs> no. if you stuck around for that. Um, okay, my fan fiction is this. So let me let me just say, have you are you familiar? I mean, you're familiar with too many cooks, but yes. so the, the general adult swim brand of like their little infomercial block that they used to run and they weren't always infomercials but that was just kind of where too many cooks appeared but they had these really like 11 to 15 minute like experiments with like bait and switch stuff that usually ended up being very kind of like horrific or surreal um there's a famous one called unedited footage of a bear have you seen that or heard of it before i have not okay well i encourage you after this to look up the youtube video unedited footage of a bear and i'm going to say so let me just put it like this the fan fiction i envisioned is is basically that 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 plays out the way this this movie does but instead of where any movie would go back to emmett the character when he's put back through the portal by finn the movie doesn't follow that the movie follows finn Okay. And he continues the conversation with his dad and it seems just normal, but you as the audience are kind of becoming more uncomfortable because the dad is just, just starting to get a little bit more and more angry with him for what he's doing. He's kind of, you know, the dad's going around and he's um, looking at all the, the things that Finn ruined of his and just getting increasingly madder and madder and madder. Um, he, there gets to a point where it almost seems like the dad is going to strike his son. Oh God. Okay. Okay. But he doesn't, he, he storms upstairs and he, to go get something. Finn starts kind of snooping around, you know, he drops like a Lego piece on the ground and he notices when he goes to pick up the piece that there is um, right by one of like the tool shelves, there are scuff marks on the ground. Um, and so he he looks and he realizes that the scuff marks represent a way that the tool shed, that that wall can be pulled. And so he op- this is this is a real deep dive. Keep going. Please. I told you I thought I'm, a lot I'm, about I'm this. enraptured. Yes. And so he opens it and he pulls it down and it leads. There's this dungeon. The, these stairways that lead into just darkness. It's just like stone, damp stone. It's damp for no reason. There's been no rain, but it's damp for some reason. And there's like a little tiny light bulb and he, and he click and he pulls it and he starts walking down more and more and more. And he enters into a room where there are basically just people in cages. Some people are missing limbs. There are some couple skeletons that have yet to be disposed of. And it's basically a torture chamber. Okay. And Finn suddenly starts realizing he looks on like this, like this, like cork board and it's just, all these like wanted posters uh, or, or like or missing, missing people posters. And he starts having flashback to times he like, you know, his mom and dad were just like, Oh yeah. So-and-so went missing. Like, Oh, I wonder where they are. Uh, and it turns out that all these people ha- have been killed and brutally tortured and murdered by the dad. And the dad catches Finn and has to get away from him. What will happen when the dad catches him? I haven't thought that far ahead, but you got to think it's not not good. So that's my fan fiction. 
Um, and and here's how I the only w- the way I thought about that is because as I mentioned before, I thought I thought to myself literally, and I wrote it down in my notes. What kind of monster would crazy glue Legos? And then that spiraled into this is the kind of monster that would do that. I appreciate that. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna send you. This is again a terrible uh, terrible episode for audio because we're describing things visually. Okay, but I'm gonna send you two things. Sure. One of them is an idea for a crossover. The other is a thing I just discovered exists. Just now. Just now. I okay. just sent them to you on, on WhatsApp. You mean while you weren't listening to my story? No, I, I, I was listening <laughs> to your story the whole time. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, one of them is the crossover. One of them is what I wish existed and I could have. Which do you think okay. is which? Um, I don't know. Have... I'm sorry. One, one of them is the crossover. One of them does exist and I wish I owned it. Did you put it in the chat or did you send it to me by email? I sent it to WhatsApp. To WhatsApp. Oh, okay. Gotcha. 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 All right. Let me pull that up right now. All right. So the thing that you wish you could have is obviously the Kingdom Hearts Lego. No, I mean, this. I know. The, well, sorry. I know. Oh, I know the Sonic one exists. I did not know that existed. Can you describe it to everyone? Because it's very pretty. It's very cool. Um, I actually like, even though I'm definitely more of a Mario person than Sonic, I don't really like the Mario stuff. I think the Mario 64 one that I built is awesome, but I mean, it's Green Hill Zone um, and like, you know, they have like little like clear poles that to hold the rings up and such. But there's a really cool, uh, you know, crab robot monster and like the, you know, the invincibility box thing is really awesome. And there's a really awesome floating Eggman. Sonic looks cool. That, how much do you think oh, that goes for? Certainly $250. $70. Holy shit. Really? Yeah. Okay. I might need to get that. Actually, the I, other... So this is a fake Kingdom Hearts Lego. Um, again, I, I knew this was fake, but I assumed that you would want it, uh, as I would. And it is Traverse Town and Traverse Town Monsters with Sora, yeah, I believe so, Goofy, and Donald, uh, yeah, and some Heartless, yeah. And then one so, of yeah. the doors, yeah. So I'm gonna say, give me a Kingdom Hearts Lego crossover fan just fiction or just oh, oh or just in general you want a lego set yeah i would love that fan fiction slash lego set yeah that's what i say i say kingdom hearts give me the kingdom hearts legos give me the kingdom hearts crossover i want it i'm ready just full of meta jokes about how the plot makes no sense <laughs> yes yeah that'd be great i'm with you i like it uh so what have you been, uh, what have you been up to <laughs> What have I been up to? What have I been up to? Um, I have been watching Dragon Ball Kai or Dragon Ball Z Kai. Okay. Um, I'm like 25 episodes in. We've talked about how I don't binge things before, but I, I am binging this because cool. I've seen it all. And yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen Kai though. Um, and I've also been playing Dragon Ball Z Kakarot uh, oh. for my PlayStation 4. How do you like it? It's good. I mean, I'm just playing along with the show. I mean, it's it's a lot of tapa tapa tapa. It's a fighting game. It's pretty easy. You beat stuff up, but it looks real pretty. Does it follow the whole Dragon Ball Z arc, or is it just yeah. like early the entirety, including it Boo follows, and stuff? Yeah, it follows the entirety of Dragon Ball, the entire Dragon Ball Z series. I mean, I should have known because every one of the Tenkaichi or Budokai games does that. Yeah. yeah. So this is that essentially, but um, for the whole series, uh, which yeah, so cool. Yeah, how about you? I uh, watched a lot of stuff um, and been playing a lot of Stardew Valley. Uh, I have my own farm. Randa has her own farm. We also have a farm together. So we're a lot of Stardew Valley happy, happening. You're a Stardew Valley family. We are. 
Yeah, we have our, our cat cheese in our, in our game too. It's great. It's lovely. Oh, nice. nice. And um, that's basically the only like video game I've really been playing. I, I started Yakuza, the first Yakuza game, because the Yakuza and Yakuza Zero were both like $5. I, I kind of like already bored of it. I don't like the gameplay. I think it's funny and 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 just generally kind of aesthetically cool, but I just don't really like the gameplay. I'm pretty bored by it. Try um try like a dragon because that's an RPG, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe I will. Um, I I saw the Dragon Ball Super movie superhero mm, in theaters. How was that? Uh, I liked it. It's basically like a Piccolo movie, which is okay. neat and un- unexpected. I didn't know anything about it going in. Um, the animation threw me off a little bit, but then once things got going and once the action sequences started happening, it just made me really wish that they could remake like the Frieza and Cell sagas with this animation. It'd be so cool. Mm. Or um, what about new uh, a new season of Super in that style? That'd be great. And I was actually also hoping that this movie was going to set up a new season of Super, and there was a way that I think they could have done that, but they didn't. And not that they can't still do what I was thinking of, but, I, you know, oh, well. Um, I do hope there was more Super in the works. I don't know if there is for sure, though. Um, in terms of, like, new... I, 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 Finished Dressrosa. I'm on the zoo arc. I just started it. Um, so I haven't really seen much of that yet. Uh, I watched two uh, Japanese animated movies that I had not seen before. Uh, one of which was the, it was Akira. I had never seen it before. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I've I, actually... I, I thought I had because I've seen so many parts of it. I feel like maybe I've like just seen, there were so many things in it that I recognize. Some of it's just so iconic that of course yeah, I'm going to recognize it, but there are entire sequences where I'm like, I think I've seen this before, but I don't think I'd ever seen the movie from start to finish. And I liked it. I think it's slightly overrated and I'm, I'm and I'm not because it's old. I think it's very good for a 1988 movie, but you know, like I think castle in the sky came out like years before that. I think castle in the sky is a much better movie. Yeah. Um, but I like yeah. it. Akira, I don't think I've seen it. It's definitely one of those movies where I feel like I've absorbed it through cultural osmosis. Um, and or one of those films where like when I was in my early 20s and I'm like, oh, movies like, movie, yeah, I'm like into it. Movies are really important. I need to watch all these famous movies. Yeah. There was a bunch of movies that I watched that like the, some movies I probably have seen some I haven't. But I feel like in that mad dash, it was like, oh, I've probably watch 2001 a space odyssey which i have multiple times but there are certain movies like that where i'm like oh i've probably seen that in that rush of movies i saw that i probably didn't and akira Mm. was definitely one of them um i like schindler's the schindler's list i've never actually seen schindler's list yeah never or i don't know why i said yeah i have seen schindler's list it's a good movie um i was trying to think of a grinch joke to make um using list as a prompt uh my improv is really bad today i I can't think of one so i'm generic grinch reference well why hasn't there been a grinch lego set hold on one second while i look it up to make sure that there actually hasn't i don't think there is one i'm almost positive i can't be surprised by this kind of stuff i usually know lego set on amazon low prices for grinch lego set there's no way there's There's a mega block set okay whatever (laughs) who cares there's a mega block set who cares that's not real uh the other movie that i watched is called perfect blue have you heard of it yes i have that's Uh, the one that um people think that uh black swan is ripped off from yes and i think he i mean darren aronofsky is 
admittedly like a huge fan of this director and perfect blue. So, but he like denied that the movie was like directly influenced by perfect blue, which seems ridiculous. Uh, I thought perfect blue is better than black Swan. And I say that as someone who likes black Swan. Um, I'll have to check it out because I do love black Swan. It is a tight 81 minutes. Really great. Like, that movie, the, the Perfect Blue wastes absolutely no time, feels very full and complete. There really isn't anything else I would have wanted. I Maybe like another five minutes, a couple things that I won't reference because I don't want to spoil anything. But I mean, yeah, it, it's a it's a great movie. Um, very much recommend it. Um, hopefully no kids are seeing Perfect Blue on like Netflix or whatever and thinking that it's an anime that they want to watch because this is not a movie for kids. Okay. So not for yeah. kids. The perfect way to describe this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see, uh, there's an E for explicit on Spotify. That's because we not. use words like, butt <gasps> and Grinch get out of town. Yeah. All right. We're done. <laughs>